Hello, and welcome to Listen to Your Heart, the podcast where we explore the clinical management of high-risk patients with established cardiovascular disease in the context of the latest Canadian Cardiovascular Society guidelines. I'm your host, George Thanasoulis, and with me on the program today is Dr. Priya Manju. Dr. Manju is an endocrinologist and certified specialist in both hypertension and obesity medicine at the Victoria Cardiometabolic Collaborative Clinic and a clinical assistant professor in the Division of Endocrinology at the University of British Columbia's Faculty of Medicine. Welcome, Priya. Thank you very much, George. I'm very happy to be here. Great. We're, we're really happy to have you. And uh, today, as you know, we'll be discussing a very interesting um, high-risk patient population. Um, those are the patients who have uh, polyvascular disease and symptomatic peripheral artery disease. This, of course, is a group that, that, that we all know is, is both at high risk, but also is one where we really want to intensify uh, therapy uh, to try to reduce that risk. So perhaps, uh, Priya, we could start with how have these uh, new updated guidelines uh, changed your practice in terms of lipid management for the patient with polyvascular disease or symptomatic peripheral artery disease? Yes, thank you, George. That's an excellent question. And, you know, I'd just like to just take the time to highlight how very distinctive and how very malignant the cardiovascular disease is in patients with polyvascular disease. So we've known that PAD is associated with a higher risk of vascular disease, but it's really been underappreciated compared to coronary artery disease and, and, and stroke. And, and in fact, the greater attention on peripheral artery disease and polyvascular arterial disease, disease that affects several arterial beds, is again being identified as its own very specific entity that has a much higher risk of cardiovascular disease and really worthy of special attention and management. So I mentioned before that, uh, you know, these patients are at higher risk of cardiovascular disease than patients who've had an MI in the past. In fact, patients who have peripheral artery disease have almost a threefold higher risk of having an MI compared with patients who've already had an MI. And uh, what's, what's also important is, you know, while many of the traditional risk factors are shared between patients with peripheral arterial disease and coronary artery disease, there are other important findings in regards to the, the contributors. So we know that diabetes is particularly important as a risk factor for peripheral artery and polyvascular disease. Patients tend to have more pervasive disease affecting several vascular beds, and that just gives greater opportunity for vascular events to occur, and it underscores the importance of treating these patients. So our guidelines have been really aggressive, appropriately so, in this patient population in treating them to a much lower level, to a threshold below an ApoB of 0.7 and below a non-HDL of 2.4. And that's very appropriate. In fact, there are other guidelines that push for even greater reductions. I'll, I'll stop there, George, and see if you have any comments or Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, totally, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I think we all know as clinicians just how high risk these patients with uh, peripheral vascular disease are. I think we all have these patients uh, in, our, in our practice. And I think, as you point out, important 
importantly, you know, these patients are unfortunately sometimes underappreciated and sometimes missed in, in the management because uh, at least as cardiologists, we often don't think about, you know, the other vascular beds when we should. And I think that that the guidelines now um, with, with these new, you know, intensification thresholds are really striving to, to get those um, uh, lipid parameters that you mentioned to very low levels, especially in, in these very, very high-risk high patients. Mm. Um, so, yeah. you know, perhaps uh, just going a little bit further, and I think you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, why are, are these patients with um, peripheral artery disease or polyvascular disease at high risk? And why do you think they are um, particularly um, ripe for, uh, you know, very intensive uh, therapy to lower their cardiovascular risk? Uh, those are great questions. You know, why why are they at um, at higher risk is is a good question. We know that the patients with PAD do share some of the risk factors for cardiovascular disease as those with coronary artery disease, but there are other differences. Um, we there seems to be a greater role of inflammation. There's a greater role of the thrombosis and the, the clotting pathway. And there's also smoking is extremely uh, strongly associated with peripheral arterial disease. It's, it's a subtype of atherosclerotic disease, and it's a particularly malignant uh, subtype. It's, you know, why is it associated with a greater risk? I think may have to do with the fact that it's it doesn't quite present as early as other disease and maybe is not picked up as easily on, on imaging. And maybe we're not looking for it. I mean, there are people who have evidence of vascular calcification on x-rays. Technically, those patients, if those if that vascular, if that calcification is in the peripheral artery, that's a PAD patient. So, you know, I think we have to look for this. I think they're not as they're not picked up until things are uh, have progressed further. So, the intervention tends to occur later. I think that's maybe one reasons why they're at higher risk. You know, in terms of how they would benefit from treatment, we know that uh, they benefit from lipid lowering. And this is a group of patients in the subgroup analyses that have been shown to benefit from PCSK9 inhibitor therapy on top of statin therapy. And, and I think now that we have the tools to get patients to those lower thresholds, below those thresholds, for intensification, we can start cutting into that cardiovascular risk further. Yeah, I agree. And I think you used the word malignant uh, in, in, in our discussion today. And I, and I actually really agree with that. I, I, it really resonates with me. And I think that's the way we really should be thinking about these patients who have polyvascular disease and, and peripheral artery disease, because you know th this is, in, in a sense, a, a very malignant form of vascular disease, and, and, and therefore, even, you know, more a reason uh, to be very, very aggressive mm -hmm. with, with, with these patients and, and get them on uh, these, um, you know, highly effective uh, therapies, which as you, as you highlight, uh, have been shown to be even more beneficial in this patient population. Um, so maybe just to wrap up, you know, what would you recommend as a, as a take-home message or as a clinical pearl um, for our listeners when they're managing someone with uh, polyvascular or symptomatic 
uh, peripheral artery disease? First of all, just to highlight, although you get, you know, one of the, the important reasons why you don't want to miss these patients is, you know, they have a greater reduction in their absolute risk of cardiovascular disease with the same LDL lowering. And, and that's important because they're at such high risk. You know, don't, you know, look at the lipids, be very aggressive about intensifying therapy if there's radiological progression. Smoking cessation is probably the single most important thing that these patients can do to reduce their vascular risk. Um, and, you know, uh, if, if you treat the risk factors, if you treat more than one risk factor, you're going to cut into that risk further and the lipid lowering is going to get you more in terms of your risk reduction. So um, I think really complex patients, often very sick patients with high risks of disease, not just cardiovascular disease, but limb, limb amputations. So uh, I, I look for vascular disease. Uh, a brewery may still be there if you haven't heard it. So this, again, I, I usually try to get an ABI um, on these patients, even if, well, if, if they have symptoms of limb claudication or if I find any clinical signs, uh, this is a disease that you have to go looking for, uh, especially if you want to pick it up early on. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think, you know, um, you just to, to maybe just summarize some of your points there, I think one, try to identify these patients, you know, with, with different uh, measurements that you, that you uh, mentioned, and then just be aggressive both on lifestyle uh, management, uh, particularly smoking cessation, and then um, aggressive management of their um, risk factors, particularly their LDL cholesterol uh, and, and ApoB. Um, you know, Priya, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time today to answer these questions. I also want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to the Listen to Your Heart podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussion of uh, this very complex patient population with polyvascular disease and symptomatic peripheral artery disease. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, and stay tuned for new releases.